Hello, and today one of our most engaging athletes on the track and a hat trick hero from this week. Welcome to Destination Tokyo. I'm Mark Shardlow, and this is the daily podcast featuring the Olympics and Paralympics. 10 minutes of chat, Monday to Friday. In a moment, to Team GB sprinter Adam Jamili. But first, she hopes to lead the attack for GB women's football team this summer. She scored a hat trick for England against Northern Ireland this week, and it is. Ellen White. Hello, Ellen. And where is that hat-trick ball? It's downstairs, actually. My husband has moved some stuff, so it's fitted downstairs. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's really cool. Really cool to have it. Have you got many hat-trick balls? I haven't, actually. Funny enough, I spoke on the phone to my mum and dad after the game. and My mum said that my dad was upstairs with the other match ball that I gave them when I played for Birmingham. Um, and he was like, which, what, what was this for again? Um, so I think he's hoping that I'm sending it to them, but that's, that's staying in my house. Definitely this one. Do you keep your memorabilia? Are you big on that sort of thing? Um, to be honest, mum and dad have got quite a bit. Um, and yeah, I have like shirts and, and a couple of keepsakes. Um, but I think it, yeah, it's nice to definitely have them, but I think it's, it's nice to give it to my mum and dad. They're, they're super proud. So it's, it's nice. And, and also my brother and sister are really annoyed because they've got all my stuff up in the house, which is quite funny. And how long was it since you last played an international match? It was coming up to a year, um, which was just crazy. Uh, the last time we played was, I think it was against Spain in the She Believes, um, over in America. So, uh, yeah, it was coming up to a year. Um, and yeah, I, I said in a couple of interviews after the game that, yeah, I was just absolutely just loving it with a smile on my face, playing for your country. I know we're just going through a tough time at the moment, um, in the world, but, uh, yeah, to play for your country is, is, is a real dream. So yeah, it was, it was amazing to play, uh, an international fixture. And with the Olympics now on the horizon, I guess there's a bit more of a buzz. If you're there in, in camp, in squad at St. George's Park in Burton, was there talk of the Olympics? Was there talk of Japan? Yeah, of course. Um, everything we're doing at the moment is is all in preparation to to hopefully be selected and to be in with a chance of going to the Olympics. It's a, it's a really small squad that, that they take out there for Team GB. Um, so... Yeah, that you can't you can't not think about it or prepare yourself for it. So everything I'm doing is is preparing to to be hopefully selected, um, train as hard as I can for my club, doing what I can to be selected for England, and and hopefully, um, yeah, in the in the manager's eyes at the same time. And it's great this week too that it feels like we're returning to normal, doesn't it? You know, grassroots sport starting again, crowds once more at sports events from middle of May, hopefully. Yeah, it's amazing to to get a little positivity, um, feel a bit more optimism in the world. Um, yeah, grassroots sport is huge, huge for for young people and and people in general to to get back out there and be able to compete and play in sport is is amazing. To be active and healthy, um, and to to be able to reintroduce fans. Um, yeah, I can't wait. So yeah, definitely definitely a positive outlook uh, coming forward. Right, we're going to look at your podcast now, Track and Ball Podcast, which goes out on both YouTube and the audio podcast providers. You've got a great backlist of guests, but the latest episode is out today and you've had a transatlantic guest. <laughs> yeah, we were joined by Adam Jamili. So uh, yeah, amazing guest, really nice person. So yeah, really, really uh, glad that he was able to, to come on our podcast. And the podcast is you and double Paralympic gold medal winner Richard Whitehead. Let's have a listen to two bits of it. Let's start off with Adam talking about when he qualified for London 2012. We got tickets. So I'd always planned to go and watch it. That's like, crazy. And, watch it. 
And then literally I was like, oh my God, I'm actually going to be there. <laughs> and then, like I said, it didn't quite hit me the scale of it until afterwards. But going to the Olympics was was the best championships I've in London was the best championships I've ever been to. Just being in London, representing your country and having the whole crowd, like walking into the stadium and, and from the minute you walk in and people see you, they're screaming your name. And that's something I'd never had before. I'd never had people even know me. People coming up to me asking me for pictures and autographs. I was like, what? Like, I was quite like, I was like, what? what's going on? I was trying to see everyone and, and meet everyone. And and I remember my roommate. So Greg Rutherford, who you mentioned, he was actually in my apartment. He was one of my apartment mates. So it was, we were six of us in the apartment. It was Greg Rutherford, a guy, a pole vaulter called Steve Lewis, Dwayne Chambers, Christian Malcolm. And then myself and Danny Talbot. So myself and Danny were the young athletes on the team. So being with those four really, they, that, mate, they helped us a lot. They helped us a lot <laughs> to sort of being in amongst the Olympic, like just to not lose your head because it's so yeah. overwhelming. Like it, you guys will know, being being at that, being at like championships like that, it can be very very overwhelming. Especially you go into like the food hall, and there's just food everywhere, and it's and it's all free. And you can pick anything you want. And there's no, yeah. like, it's not all healthy. It's, there's, there's unhealthy food there. There's a, there's a McDonald's there. Like, it's, and they, they just help keep an eye on us and make sure, listen, you're here to compete. Like, enjoy this, enjoy the, enjoy the spectacle. But at the end of the day, you're here to, to run. And I, that really, that really helped me, myself and Danny a lot. And um, sharing with those guys and then obviously seeing what Greg did. And I remember he walked back into the room and he had his gold medal and we were like, <laughs> Mate, what a, what a <laughs> gold medal! Like, yeah, I've got pictures of it, the medal. Like, I was like, mate, can I borrow your medal? Take a few pictures of it, and like, you just gave it to me. I was in the bathroom taking selfies, sending it to my family <laughs> and my friends. Like, gold medal. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was just a different, different world. It was a nice time, and I think it was a very happy time. If I could go back and live, live a section of of my track career again, it'd be, right? it'd be that career for sure. Uh, that that moment for sure. Now Adam was full of energy, but. He was very self-reflective when you asked him about the cancellation of the Tokyo Games last summer. I, I had a few months of quite a down... I've never actually spoken about it. I put a little thing on Instagram a, a few weeks ago, but I've never actually spoken about this. I have always come across as being a really positive, bubbly mm. person. But, and sometimes that's really hard to, to sort of maintain. And everyone always looks to you like you're a superhero, especially as an athlete. You guys know everyone always looks to you like you're resilient and nothing's going to bother you and you just get on with it. But the last few months, especially when the Olympics got cancelled, I really went into a big dip mentally. Like I was I was getting anxious. I was I wasn't sleeping well. I was I was waking up in like hot sweats, not knowing what what, what was going on because I just had no purpose. And I just I was there was a lot of external factors going on, like a lot of sponsorship stuff as well, because the Olympics didn't happen. So I was just in a really bad place and and I found talking about it with my friends and the family, which I didn't want to do because I, I feel like, oh, you should be strong enough to, to get on with it with yourself. But me sharing the burden with those guys really, really helped. And they gave me a lot of perspective about what I'm doing as a job. And it's just running in a circle as a job. Why am I getting so stressed up? Why am I getting so stressed about it? Like there's life after sport. Um, and then obviously seeing what's happening now with the Olympics, I... I sit on a few boa calls um and with regular communication with our governing body i train with one of japan's fastest athletes so he's in regular contact with his own governing body so as far as i know it's definitely happening mm. and there's, there's a new covid19 that comes out and it destroys the whole world like the japanese are planning for it to definitely happen so for me that put me in a positive mindset i've got mm. targets i've got goals to aim for 
I, I really work well when I'm aiming towards a goal, long term and short term. Um, so I always, it was nice to have a long term goal to aim for and uh, yeah, put me in a positive mindset. And I was able to knuckle down and, and get into a nice positive mindset mm. and uh, yeah, go out and train every day. No, I really appreciate you opening up as well because there'll be a lot of people kind of listening and, and uh, watching this and, and feeling the same about, about a number of different issues, but being mm. able to kind of open up, either speak to friends, family or, or somebody else about how they're feeling. Like you say, like kind of um, put that burden, not put the burden on them, but being able to have that communication. Sure, like exactly, yeah. I think that's really important. So, we, yeah, thank you for, for no. saying that. My pleasure. It's, yeah, it was a tough time, but there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Always, mm -hmm. no matter how long the tunnel may seem, there's always light. Yeah. And on a positive note, you're in Florida yeah. now. You're I in am. Florida. Sun's out. Adam Jamili's guns out. That's you. I'm just want to have a little bit of guns. That's it. You've been working, I've, mate. I've, I follow you on Instagram, and I definitely know you've been doing some curls. I'm not sure it's a benefit of you running, but I know you've definitely been for the finishing line pose when you win that medal, obviously in Tokyo. So that's Sir Richard Whitehead and Ellen White talking to Adam Jamili on Track and Ball podcast. It's available from all your podcast hosts. And also you can see the video version on YouTube. It was published last night. So feel free to go and enjoy. Um, Ellen, what's next for you then? Back with Man City for this weekend. What about the next international match? I think we've got another international date kind of in April. Um, but yeah, it's all focusing on club. Uh, we've got some Champions League games coming up. Um, so that's really exciting. A lot of league games. So it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be mental, but um, it's amazing to play, play games. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. Okay, I'll leave you to go and polish the match ball. Yeah, <laughs> Thank brilliant. you. Well done. Congratulations. Great week. That's Ellen White, England, Team GB and Manchester City footballer and co-presenter of Track and Ball podcast. Well, from this podcast, Destination Tokyo, that's it for today and for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget that I'm raising money for Maggie's Cancer Centres. If you are enjoying listening and you fancy making a donation of a couple of pounds or so, then please go to justgiving.com, search Destination Tokyo. You'll find out why, you'll find the backstory and you'll find details of how to make a donation then. In the meantime, have a good weekend and see you soon. Bye bye.